0: Well, um, and I want to encourage you with something else too, and and I believe that we all have we all have such varied backgrounds, such varied lifestyles, and things of where we're coming from, and what that does is it's it's shaped. Your thinking. It's shaped your even your philosophy, your paradigm of thinking sometimes can be shaped by your environment and your your history of what you've gone through, even the the church environment that you've been in. And I'm and with me, when I approach something like this, when I approach listening to someone, I'm gonna I I say, Lord, open up my heart. Don't let me get in the way of me. Hearing you. And so, you know, there's a lot of times that When I look at different subjects or topics, I say, Lord, I don't even know enough to ask questions. So I'm here with an open heart for you to speak into me. And I would say that tonight, if you walk out of here, and how how can I put this? But for you to walk out of here being blessed, much of that's on your plate. Because I'm believing that if you come in with an open heart, the Holy Spirit will speak to you even things that I didn't say that he just adds and he gleans from it he'll just explode it on the inside of you so you can come in and believe in that the coming weeks that god's going to take you somewhere he's going to take you somewhere in your growth now let me give you the definition of paradigm it's a framework containing the basic assumptions ways of thinking and the methodology that are commonly accepted by members of society or community so the world is trying to shape the paradigm of thinking in our society toward the world to our humanistic ideals and things like that. And, and, and we're going to say, Lord, I want my paradigm of thinking to be in line with your thinking. I, I want to really understand what you're trying to get across from me. I want my mind renewed to the Word of God so that I can know and prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. So I, I pray that you've got that as well because I'm going to come in and I'm going to grow in these coming weeks. When these pastors come in and they're going to begin to speak into my heart, I'm going to grow by the Word of God. So what, by saying all that, I believe that we don't always see clearly when it comes to Scripture. And I want to give you a few e- examples of that tonight, even in the Word, where we see that that's happened in the Word of God. And when it comes to Scriptures, you know, where John the Baptist was out baptizing people, uh, they, when he looked at the Pharisees and they came, they should have known better. They should have known through years of study and searching God as they saw Jesus and, and how it was all playing out, they should have known that He was the Messiah and, and that He was fulfilling Scripture. If nothing else, that He was good. They could see and say, hey, this, this is good. Now, in Luke, the seventh chapter, let's look over there in verse 29. All the people, even the tax collectors. I thought, when I read it, I thought, whoa, those tax collectors must have been a bad lot. <laughs> he said, because he said, all the people... Even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' word, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Now, one of the things that I wanted to bring out in this is that they rejected rejected God's purpose for themselves. And boy, when I read scriptures like that, that jumps at me because I don't want to miss God's purpose for my life. Because by God's, by the word of God, I realize that God has a plan for my life and God has a plan for your life. But you know what? It's your choice whether to follow it or not. It's your choice whether to lean in and want to hear. It's your choice to make decisions uh, uh, to go the right direction. I can remember at 17 years old, thinking, hey, I really do want to be a good person. Now, I didn't always know how to be that. Does that sound strange to anybody? But I, I really, at 17, was thinking, I want to be a good person. I'd like to be a good person. And I'm glad for that, or Kathy wouldn't have taken me. So, <laughs> But listen, over in, let's go over to John, the ninth chapter, when it talks about the blind man that was healed. And, and I'm not going to get bogged down here too much, but just to show you a few things of how people can be blinded by their paradigm of thinking and, and pride and other things that get in their lives. So in verse 24 of chapter 9, so they again, they had already called the blind man up. They called his, his his parents up, and they were afraid of getting kicked out of the synagogue. And they said, well, you ask him. You know, it's like, go ask the blind man. He saw it all. <laughs> I think there's a song about that, you know. <laughs> so 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 they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner talking about Jesus. He answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I, I do not know. One thing I know, though, that though I was blind, now I see. Man, he had some good sense, didn't he? He really did. He, he, he had some good sense about him. And he said, then, then said uh, to him again, what did he do to you? What did he open your eyes? What did he do to open your eyes? He answered him, I told you already. And, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? I loved his courage. <laughs> Why don't you ask me again, you know? Y'all changed your mind? In verse 28, then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses as for this fellow, we, we do not know where he's from. The man answered and said to him, why, why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he's from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God, he does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one that was born blind. If this man were not of God, he couldn't do anything. So he, had, he, was, he was shifted. He, his paradigm of thinking was feeding into the right, but theirs was wrong. And, and, I, and I guess I'm saying that to say, listen, we, we need to be open to the, the direction that God would, he would bring our thinking into line with God's word. I want to make sure that my past is not getting in my way. I, I'm going to make sure that my ignorance is not getting in my way. Because a lot of times Paul said, I would not have you ignorant, let me tell you. And he would lay it out and, and sometimes think, Lord, I'm so ignorant of stuff, I, it's terrible. And so I'm saying, Lord, open up our, our, our eyes tonight to hear what you have to say to us. And we're trying to understand the kingdom of God, what it looks like. We need to understand, and that's my topic in my, my uh, heart is toward the kingdom and experiencing the kingdom of God. That's where I want to go these next three weeks. And so I want to talk about the kingdom of God. What does it look like? And I want, we need to open our hearts and our minds to see what it looks like and not have these preconceived ideas like the Pharisees had as to what it looks like. And it has to look like. It has to line up with my ideas, my concepts, my way of thinking. So another one is in Luke, the 17th chapter. We, uh, a lot of times when we, it talks about the mustard seed faith, you've heard many preachers on that topic, Right. Faith is a mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed. And, and, but I want to look at the context of this, and I want to say, Lord, I want to understand all that he's talking about here. What was he talking about? How does it apply? Well, really, he was jerking the slack out of them by using that example. He was adjusting their thinking. Did y'all know that? Well, let's look here and see what. He was, he was talking about something totally different. Look at verse 3. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Amen. Jesus said, you shall forgive him. Yeah. And, the, and the apostles, the apostles said, Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> That's a hard one, Lord. We want to just jerk the slack out of him, man. We want him to pay for what he, you know. And and I'm sure someone came to their mind. No, Lord, not him. Have y'all ever done that? You get around these preachers. Some of these preachers can preach down a tornado, man. And you think, oh, Lord, just give me somebody to forgive. Just give me somebody. And then you say, oh, no, not that one. (laughs) Lord, increase our faith. But look what Jesus does. And, And so the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up from the roots and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. He said, so likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Now, see, that speaks a lot to me when he says we are unprofitable. In other words, and he tied it back to forgiving. You know, doing what the Lord requires of us, we don't do it because we'll profit by it. We do it because he asked us to do it. And those, uh, those uh, Pharisees, they were looking at every angle where they could profit from the people. And, that's, and they missed God. They missed God. And so, you know, when, I, when we approach the Word of God, we've got to go to God with a heart of servitude. Lord, I want to do what you guide me to do. I just want to follow you, Jesus. I just want to follow you. What is it you have for me to do? And those guys there, they said, Lord, uh, increase our faith. (laughs) That's going to be so hard. Lord said, that's not the way I told you to do it. You do what I tell you to do. Forgive them, whether it profits you or not. So, you know, I want to walk in understanding. So we're talking about experiencing the kingdom of God. Let's go to 2 Peter, the first chapter. If you're going to do any homework tonight after this message, go there. That'll be your area of text that we're going to go to, 2 Peter. And you can read all of that, and you'll be really ready when we come together next week, right? amen okay so second peter the first chapter and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to take a couple of verses out of context just for a few moments and we'll get back into the context of it but i want to bring a point uh, through this in verse 10 where peter was ministering to people and he said wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure for if you do these things you shall never fall for so an answer shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, For if you do these things, you shall never fall. I love that. And the Amplified brings it out even more. It says, You'll never stumble or fall. You'll never trip, stumble, or fall. Whoa. And then, of course, the, the next passage that, but some will be, uh, if they do these, they'll be ushered in in abundance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I guess that, that's where the message came that some are just going to make it in by the skin of their teeth. I don't want to just make it in by the skin of my teeth. I want to go in in abundance, right? Yeah. Amen. But I'm glad for those who will make it in by the skin of their teeth, just right, you know what I'm saying? But he said, listen, if you do these things, you will never stumble or fall. I believe that he's talking about a couple of things. He's talking about heaven, you know, some are going to be ushered into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But then he's also saying that these things, if you'll do these things, you're never going to stumble, trip, or fall. That's what I'm really concerned about. I mean, I, I believe that I've nailed down where I'm going when I leave this earth. So I need to live right here. I want to see how I can live successfully here because I get tired of stumbling and falling. How about you? Yeah, so now here's, you know, there's a question that I have heard many, many times. And, and I see that in Scripture as well. Can we view the kingdom? Can, can we see it? Can, can we experience the kingdom of God? It's just like saying, you know, we've just come through Jubilee. Man, we've had some life-changing situations that have happened in Jubilee where people's lives have surely been changed. And the things that people have experienced, and they come out of that saying, you know what? I want more. I want to experience more. You ever been in those services where you felt like you just stepped into the throne room of God? Man, once you get a taste of it, you say, whoo, that ain't enough. I want more. I want to experience some more of that. And so can we view the kingdom of God? Can we experience it? And I'm sure that the disciples were thinking the very same thing. Over in Luke, the 10th chapter, if you're taking notes, Luke 10. I'm going to go to verse 9 and 11, but leading up to this, uh, Jesus was he was sending these guys out. It's kind of like a survival trip. It's kind of like these guys I've heard in the military that are survivalists, and they take them off and drop them 100 miles in the jungle with a, a, a single match and a, and a pocket knife, they say, make your way home, that kind of deal, you know, eat worms and uh, all kinds of good stuff. And and it's like, it's survival. You just got to make it. Well, he sent them out. I said, don't take this. Don't take that with you. Do this, do that. Don't take an extra pair of shoes. Extra. I think, whoa. I mean, he's really putting them out there, you know, and to go and stay in people's houses. when they let you in, eat whatever they give you. Have you ever been in some of those houses where they bring out and you think, Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I was down in the jungles of Haiti and they brought out something. and The fish was looking back at me. I thought, Oh, I don't know about this. I'm a good old country boy. Steak and potatoes. I don't know about these fish that are... Yeah, I, anyway. So yeah. So they sent them out there. He sends them out to minister the Word of God. And, and in verse 9, and here's, here's what I want to pull from this. He said, he's telling them to go do this, do this. And he said, and heal the sick that are therein. He's commissioning them. Giving them authority with power. And he said, heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Whoa, that's opening up some different type of thinking to these people. Wait, I I thought the kingdom of God was, you know, boundaries, palaces, a king that takes authority over all others. So he said, tell them the kingdom of God has come nigh unto thee. But into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you not. Go your ways out into the streets of the same and say, even the very dust of your city, which cleaves on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, get this, be sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. We're, we're shaking the dust of our, off of our feet, but we're going to let you know you came that close. You came that close and you missed the kingdom of God. Boy, I don't want to miss the kingdom of God. I want to say, Lord, I want to have an open heart, whatever it is. Lord, I, I want it. Don't you? And say, so, God, I want to experience the kingdom. So, now listen, uh, if, you, listen if, you think, if you look at this passage of Scripture, and he said, go and heal the sick. If you, if you get past that heal the sick part, and just about the kingdom of God coming, you got to realize and think, wait a minute. You mean the kingdom of God can be somewhere else other than just heaven? Do you see what I'm saying here? The kingdom of God, the parameters, the boundaries of the kingdom of God can be stepped over into other than heaven? See, that's what it says to me. There's something else here, Lord. I think, oh, what is that? I want to experience that. I want to see it. I want to step into that kingdom where there's healing and deliverance and freedom and joy and peace and peace. Lord, that's what I want. Luke eleven twenty, he says, "But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt, I'm thinking, no doubt, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. It's come upon you. Woo hoo! <laughs> say, Lord, where's your finger? Just, just one touch. Lord, where's? Your- if I cast out devils by the finger of God, there's no doubt, it's God's kingdom rule. God's kingdom reign." That has done this for you. Is that, are y'all getting, are y'all seeing what I'm saying? That's authority and power. And I'm saying, I want some of that. I'd like, I'd like a little of that. Lord, I'll, I'll take all you can give me. It's kind of like uh, Pastor Antonette's hair. I'll take all you can give me, Lord. <laughs> if she'd give it up, I'd take it. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Oh, well, Luke 17. <laughs> now let's look there. And now this is another I'm going to look at... I'm looking for power. I'm looking for the kingdom rule of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come... Now, remember, they were looking for power, dominion on the earth over all these other kingdoms and and rule. He answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo, here or lo, there. For behold... The kingdom of God is within you. I, I want the kingdom to affect my life. And he's saying the kingdom of God is not just palaces, it's not just parameters and fence lines. He's saying it's some, something so much more. It's within you, he says. And you know, and listen, I have over the years, I've had a lot of persecution from different church groups that I said the kingdom of God is anywhere else than heaven. I don't know if you have, but I've had people really didn't like me much for that. But I said, man, let's see what God's word says. And so my little rule of thumb is this, that the kingdom of heaven is a place. Kingdom of God is about dominion, rule, and reign. And I believe that God's trying to get the rule of heaven into the earth. Let's go to a familiar scripture, Matthew, the 18th chapter. And I'm first, I'm going to read it from the King James, and then I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Because I have seen this a little bit out there. Uh, I've been around the charismatic move for a lot of years, <laughs> decades, okay? And I've seen some really squirrely stuff, and I've seen some good stuff, okay? And I'll take the squirrely with the bad, the good, and all that. Y'all with me? Okay, y'all, I, sh- I should back up and redo that because I kind of felt like, whoa. Okay, here's a familiar scripture. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if you, two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, be bound in heaven. I bind these calories out of this piece of pie that won't put fat on me. So whatever I bound and I loose a thin waistline, it never worked for me. It just didn't work. Are you all with me? I know that's kind of funny, but I've seen people get really squirrely with this because they didn't understand the word of God. They didn't study to show themselves approved unto God, rightly discerning the word of God and dividing the word of God of truth, right? Let's look at the Amplified, which I believe it brings out more of what he's saying here. Because I just said, God's trying to get the rule of heaven into earth. Okay, look, the Amplified says this in verse 18. Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. When you acknowledge the kingdom rule of the Lord Jesus Christ and the authority of his name, Every knee shall bow. You, use, you don't just go out there just, well, I'm just going to bind the calories up in this cake. I ain't going to get fat. But well, it didn't work for me. But I, when I realize the authority that He's given to me, and I use that authority and I claim that authority, just like He said, if I cast out devils by the finger of God, know this, the kingdom of God has come to you. Are y'all following my thought patterns? How important. Amen. Amen how important it is to know the Word of God, God's promises to us, God's provisions. That's why so many people are getting beat up. That's why many people are getting beat to to a pulp. Christians. I loved Brother Andrew who brought out something that he really answered a few questions that I've even had over the years about the way how can I put this and be nice? You know how squirrely Christians act sometimes. It's like, how can they claim to be a child of God and, and do that? Not that I hadn't done stupid things. Y'all, y'all get that. I've done some plenty of, and I'm not telling you about them either, but <laughs> I don't mind telling you pre-Jesus, but not after Jesus. Okay. But I mean, not believe in the word of God where he brought out that one woman, that one night that said, yes, and I love God, but I don't love his word. It's too demanding, too restrictive. The Word is what brings life. We See, her paradigm thinking was twisted and wrong. She needed to realize that God's Word brings life, not destruction. He's not trying to steal and kill and take from you. He's trying to add to your life. Many times when He's trying to veer you off from going a certain direction, it's to save your life. He's saying the bridge is out. Stop. Okay, that's not going to be, I'm going to go a different direction. I'll get bogged down here. We're talking about experiencing the kingdom of God. Okay, let's go to Romans 14. Let me take you through a few passages here and give you another look, another facet on this diamond. Oh, I love Pastor Jacob's example about, you know, you look at a diamond, there's so many facets to that diamond. Now, I have to well, I'm not going to go there anyway. There's so many facets, that diamond. He said, let's look at the diamond itself. That's Jesus. There's so many different ways of looking at Jesus. He's so wonderful in so many ways. And see, when we look at the kingdom of God, there's different ways to look at it to try to bring understanding. Y'all follow? Okay, so this is another area. Romans 14, in verse 13, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind. Not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way, as one who is the Lord, is, is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in, in itself now i I don't necessarily like that passage because I don't like possum, I don't really want to eat possum I don't want to There's some the things I, I I even wrote down some things that you know it's like uh, I've eaten squirrel that squirrels not bad i mean i Okay, rat. I I don't think I'd want to eat rat or dog or cat. I don't really want to eat my horse, possum. I sure don't want to eat oysters. (laughs) There's probably somebody here saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just never could do that, okay? But if anyone regards something as unclean, for him, him, it's unclean. If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you're no longer acting in, in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy your brother. Whoa. By the way that you're carrying your life, don't destroy your brother. So he's putting up a flag of caution by what I'm doing. For whom Christ died. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of the kingdom of God. Whoop, back up, kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleased to God and approved by men. What is that saying? There's something to be said about the way that we live for people to be able to see the kingdom of God. The kingdom rule of the Lord Jesus Christ can be seen by the way that we live. And I don't want to get bogged down in what you eat and what I eat and what you drink and what I drink and and butt heads and argue about that all day long, but it's it's about what people see in us, the way that we act, the things that we react, how we react to situations, how we react to people, how we respond in unforgiveness and et cetera, et cetera, the things that we say. Do we want to see the kingdom rule of the Lord Jesus Christ that's in our life to be seen through our life? Come on. So the destructive part of that, I believe, is a judgmental attitude. That's what it's all about. It's about the impact that we have on other people by the kingdom rule of the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. If Jesus is ruling your life and you you act accordingly... People can see the kingdom rule of Jesus on the inside of you. They can see God in you and see God. That's awesome. There's people crying out to see a real and living true God. A God that can still be found. And there's a good chance they can see him through you. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. And this is just, and and there's other things that can be put in there. Don't destroy the work of God by, for the sake of, what is it that you do that you're not giving up for anybody or no way? Are y'all with me? (laughs) Listen, March 23rd, 1976, when I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a lot of things changed in me. My vocabulary changed instantly. I mean, it it wasn't like a lot of Christians that it's still hiding under there until you mash your thumb. (laughs) I mean, it's supernatural. It's just changed. And listen, I'm here to tell you, I didn't quit drinking because I didn't like it. I'm just being honest with you. I didn't quit drinking because I didn't like it, but that was part of my old life. And I, I knew that Jesus was real and I wanted to follow him. And while everything I saw in him went about giving over my mind to something else. Are y'all with me? No, don't, don't let me lose you now, you drinkers. Come on now. Don't, don't, don't give it up yet. <laughs> okay? <laughs> uh, well, okay. Where was I? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. He said, it's better not to eat meat or drink or do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. The man who doubts... Has doubts, is condemned if he eats, because he is eating not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. So what I'm saying here is we can take some definite steps toward experiencing the kingdom of God. Things that you and I can do. Um, and what thing, everything that we do is somehow connected to the kingdom of God. Our decisions, our actions, our words, our responses, etc., Right? Everything that we do is connected in some way to other people seeing the kingdom of God. We can be a part of that. That's a lot of responsibilities on your shoulders. But that's all right. God can help you do that. The Holy Spirit will guide you through this. And I'm going to walk you through some ways that you can have success. Now, in 2 Peter, the first chapter, we're going to go back to where our main text is going to be. In Second Peter verse twelve, wherefore I will not be negligent, Peter saying to believers, to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet or fit, as long as I am in this tabernacle, talking to his body's body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. So Peter is about to die at some point, and he's trying to leave us the encouragement that we can walk successfully without stumbling or following. He should know. <laughs> right? He's learned from his mistakes. Have you learned from your mistakes? Am I learning from my mistakes? He's, here's something he said. Listen, he said, I, I want to put you in remembrance of these things, though you know them and you're established in the present truth. There are things that you know and you are established in according to God's Word, but you need sometimes to be stirred up about it. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to walk it out. Right? And if you want people to see the kingdom and rule of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, sometimes you just need a little stirring up. Amen. And what you know so that you live it out. So it's good to have confidence. One thing in 1 John 5, it's good to have confidence that you're saved. Right? Is that a good thing? Okay. That's a good thing. I've had people that's warred with that. And listen, in 1 John 5, it says here, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son doesn't have life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You don't have to question it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't need to be fretting about it. You need to be going on from that. He said, I've written you these things so that you can know it. Now, on the other hand, do we have that same confidence that I'm never going to stumble, trip, and fall? Backslide, back out, back down, back away. So he wants us to have that same confidence. Are you with me? We're talking about the kingdom of God and experiencing the kingdom of God. And we can have that confidence see there in second peter that, that in verse eight, he said uh, these things be in you they make you to be they make you it develops something in you it designs something in you these steps he takes us through that you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ and in verse 9 he said if you don't if you like these things because you're blind you got memory loss <laughs> you done forgot who you are you done lost sight of who you are we don't want to be there, do we? I don't want to lose sight of what God's done in my life. Amen. Second Peter, the first chapter. Let's go now to verse 4. Let's begin. We'll get started on this. We'll go through just a few more minutes of it, and then we'll pick it up again next week. Look at verse 4. Second Peter 1, verse 4. I'm reading from the King James. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, listen, you've escaped the corruption that's in the Lord, but God wants you to be a partaker of the divine nature of God, operating on the inside of you. Are y'all following? You, you can go down to the altar and give your life to Jesus, but then you need to learn how to walk it out and really experience the promises of God working in your life. Okay, look at verse 5. And besides this... Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity or love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you, that you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving all diligence, add to your faith. Here's where you come in. Here's where you come in. You do the adding. God's not going to do it for you. You're going to have to do something. <laughs> oh, pastor, you mean I got to do something? Yeah, you're going to have to do. It. Here's where you play into this. You do the adding. Now listen to the amplifier because when when it starts, okay, I got to add to my faith. This is like an adding thing. What do I got? To, where do I go get this and get this and get this and get this and start adding to it? Adding, adding, and add. I got to grow in faith before I can grow in this soundness and security. What what's that all about? So see, I'm studying the Word of God so that I can rightly, you know, dispute or divide the Word of God, right? So I I, I read different translations. I'm sorry, if you're, please don't get offended at me if you're a King James only person. Are are you with me? Okay, that didn't sound very good. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I broke, I, I, I cut my teeth on King James Version. That's all I studied, but I realized that I didn't, I didn't get everything from the King James. There's so much more. When I started studying about love, it didn't tell me what kind of love in all these different places because there's agape love, there's phileo love, there's eros love, there's all these different kinds of love that don't come out in the King James and sometimes I misunderstood it. So I study a little bit more. I got me a Strong's Concordance. I got me these things, Start digging in Greek Hebrew and found out I can read these other translations and they bring out a little bit more and I can glean from it. Are y'all following? So when I read this, it says, add to your faith, to get to virtue, to develop virtue and add to virtue, and I thought, okay, I'm not quite getting that until I read it from the Amplified, which went more closely to the Greek. Here it is. Okay, you with me? Verse 5. For this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue and in exercising virtue to develop knowledge. And in exercising knowledge to develop temperance, and in exercising temperance to develop patience, exercising patience to develop godliness, brother kindness and love. Are y'all okay? Two things he brought out here: one, adding your diligence to the divine promises. So adding your diligence to God's divine promises, and that means me and God we're working on this project. You say, what is this project? Me. <laughs> You need to start working on the project, you and God. Add your diligence to his promises to develop something on the inside of you. But secondly, the thing that really jumped out at me, it started started falling into place when he said this, exercise your faith to develop virtue. I suddenly saw this was a stepping process that would step up ultimately to my goal, to the God kind of love. He said, exercise your faith to develop virtue. So they're connected that as you exercise one area, it steps you up and develops the next level. Y'all following? Now, this is where I'm going to take you in the next couple of weeks to explain this. Some of you look at me like, what are you saying? I've never heard this before. I didn't either until the Lord showed me. We're in this together. So they're connected. So that when you exercise one, it develops the next level. So what it's saying is, in order for me to progress to the next level, I have to do something with where I am right now. Come on, that ought to to be worth taking notes. You ought to say, darling, I didn't bring my notebook. Let me write this on your arm, and I promise I'll wash it off later. I, I don't want to forget this. You need to do something with where you are right now so that you can go to the next level. You can't get to the end without starting here. So here's the steps toward experiencing the kingdom of God. Faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity are the God kind of love. They're connected that so as you exercise one, it develops the next stage or the next building block towards success. Because Peter said, if these things be in you and abound... They will cause you that you, they will make you that you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Previous verses talk about the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, bring the treasures of God in our life. Amen? So they're connected. You add. So we grow through action or activity, we grow through doing something, right? I'm, two scriptures, and I'll close. Proverbs 13 20. How many of you want to be wise? The Bible says here, that he that walks with wise men shall be wise. He that walks with wise men shall be wise. It didn't say he that knows a wise man. <laughs> it's like, hey, can I come up beside you and start learning? From can I watch what you're doing? Can I watch how you act? <clears throat> can, I, can I listen? Can I pay attention? He who walks with wise men can become wise. If you walk with the foolish, what happens? Amen. It's not good. So you got to do something. Last one, James 1. And then I'll I'll leave it there. But he who looks, I'm looking at James 1.25, reading from the Amplified. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it, and perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience." Man, I want to be blessed in what I do. I want to experience the kingdom of God, and I want to see it. I want to see it. Lord, I want more. I've had a taste, and I want to taste more. How about you?